Now I believe uh, this is the end of the choir season uh, until uh, the fall, so we thank uh, the choir for a beautiful job, uh, well done, and uh, you've earned a summer break, uh, but some of you will be uh, blessing us in many ways uh, with music this summer. Give our choir another hand for the day of Well, it is no secret that uh, I am a church kid, not a pastor's kid like my kids, but I grew up almost literally in a church. Church was second home for me, and I learned growing up in church, no matter how familiar you may be, there are still rules, church rules. Don't talk during worship, sing when everyone else is singing, and never ever run in the sanctuary. This was perhaps one of the greatest rules in my church. Any number of church members would stop us literally in our tracks. What are you doing, they would say. This is a church. You don't run in a church. You would have thought we opened a keg right in the middle of the aisle or rode our dirty bikes onto the chancel. Inevitably, parents would find out what we did They would always be told that we were caught running in church because it is, I think, in the New Testament, somewhere thou shalt not run in the sanctuary. (laughs) The other cardinal sin was not as prominent, but we would often get in trouble for it. We were not allowed to chew gum in church. Now, my church had fuzzy orange carpet growing up that had these great little fuzz balls you could play with during church. And often throughout, there'd be these dark black circles Former pieces of gum that had made their way to the floor, sort of reminders to us what might happen to us were we caught chewing gum and dropping it on the floor. But there was this old man, I don't even remember his name now, but I'll never forget this man. He was known to occasionally burp during worship rather loudly, and he ran this secret underground stick of gum cartel. And he would supply the good church kids with gum. Juicy fruit, double mint, spearmint. That's the kind of gum we had back when I was a kid in the 80s. We would crouch down behind his pew. It was sort of on this side. I remember even where he would sit in my home church. We would crouch down and he would slip us a piece of gum and we'd crawl out the other end of the pew. Unnoticed, usually by our parents. I guess it was his way of rebelling against the church rules I don't know, maybe he was out of his mind like Jesus is accused of in the text. Perhaps he's the reason I find it kind of hard to follow church rules even today. Of course, no running in the sanctuary, no chewing gum. That was only the beginning. As I got older, I learned there are many more church rules, much more complicated than those childhood rules. Rules like these have kept a lot of people out of church or pushed driven a lot of people from church to other places. There were things that you just could never say in a church. Honesty was not the best policy. Things about your life you should never reveal to good church folk. You couldn't just believe whatever you wanted to believe. You couldn't say what you were thinking. No, not in church. You had to behave. Even as adults, you had to behave And stray too far from that accepted path, and people began to wonder what had happened to you. Were you out of your mind? You were raised right, after all. 
Now, for the last few weeks, we've been working our way through the stories of Jesus as told to us in the Gospel of Mark, the very first gospel ever written. We call this journey good news. And it is good news, depending on how you look at it. Now, two weeks ago, Marty walked us through a series of stories from chapter 2, all of which had one common theme, Jesus breaking every religious rule of his day. I don't know if he chewed gum in the synagogue or not when he was a kid. But as he's grown up and entered his young adulthood and, and is going about his ministry, breaking religious rules seems to be Jesus' favorite thing to do. In between those stories and our story today, Jesus has called the rest of his disciples, all 12, and now it is his job to mentor these 12 people. And the first thing he does after gathering this group of apostles together is he goes home. And when he gets there, he's in trouble. Someone has told on Jesus. Word has gotten back home to his family about how he's been, been behaving as he's been wandering around the countryside. Hey, Mary, did you hear what your son did? He and his friends, they refused to fast when all the other good religious people were fasting. They threw a potluck. Hey, Mary, did you hear how Jesus healed a man on the Sabbath and in the synagogue too? And did you hear, Mary, he's casting out demons like somebody can even do that, Mary. Can't you keep your boy in order? He was plucking grain on the Sabbath. That's, that's like harvesting. That's breaking the Ten Commandments, Mary. Can't you restrain your son? It's embarrassing when Jesus shows up back home, they show up to deal with the problems he's creating. Now, he's too big to punish but even Jesus wasn't too big to get a good talking to from his mother. You graduates think you're too big. You're now free on your own. But I think your mom, your dad may feel like you're never too big to get a talking to. Jesus gets a talking to from his mother. His family goes out and finds them. And Mark tells them they restrained him. Why? Well, I assume they're embarrassed. They're probably worried about his safety, people acting like Jesus don't go too far in life, not in their religious system. Everyone is saying that Jesus is going out of his mind. He's bringing shame to his family. He must have gone crazy. That's really the only explanation they have. He was out of his mind because he was a good boy, raised in the synagogue. He had good parents. He knows better. He knows this is not how you're supposed to act. This is not how religious people behave. You can't just do whatever you want, Jesus. You can't eat whatever you want. You can't abide by whatever rules you want. Be friends with whoever, whomever you want. Heal whomever you want. There's a system in place. Rules that are there for our own good to determine who's clean and who's unclean. Who's right with God and who's not. They're there for a reason. They protect us. And it's what God wants. Jesus, you must be out of your mind. It's embarrassing, but more than that, it's dangerous. The religious <laughs> leaders have come to Jerusalem to show up and get on to Jesus. Their ra rationale, Jesus must be possessed by Beelzebub, because anyone who didn't do things right had the devil in them, they thought. It's their go-to criticism when you buck the system. It must be the devil making you do it. It's only so long that they can deal with Jesus, with this devil inside of him. Soon they will have to cast him out. 
So what does Jesus do? Well, he keeps doing what he's been doing. Faced with the criticism of his parents and of his religious leaders, he doesn't get the message or he just doesn't care. So what does his family do? They go back to him. He's inside a house. They call him outside into private. They need to get this message across. But Jesus is inside with these fellow rebel rousers, his 12 disciples, but also all these other people who are crowding around, people who are drawn to his message. Your mother and your brothers are looking for you, Jesus, they tell him. And what's his reply? Well, it's not very polite. I'll tell you that. Who are my mother and brothers, Jesus asked. And looking at those who are seated around him, his fellow rule breakers, those who didn't fit into the religious system, who weren't good church kids, to them he said, these, here, these are my mother and my brothers and my sisters. Whoever does the will of God, that's my family. Now isn't that interesting? The religious leaders, Jesus' own mother and brothers, they're the ones concerned about doing the will of God. And yet here, Jesus breaking all the rules, bucking the system, standing up to the religious leaders and calling others to do the same. These people, Jesus said, they're the ones who are obeying God's rules, doing the will of God. The rule breakers are the one doing God's will. The first lesson Jesus has for his newly called disciples is that you can't let the rules get in the way of doing God's will. You can't let the rules get in the way of being who you are called to be. Who are the ones following God? Those who are breaking the supposed rules of God. Now notice how Mark tells the story. Jesus is the one on the inside. And who's inside with him? The ones inside are the ones who are normally outside, outside of religious life, outside of the temple. But the ones outside the house, that's his family. Normally you invite your family in, but Jesus has invited others in. And those who stand against him, they're the ones on the outside. The rule breakers, they're the ones that Jesus now calls family. So I remind us all, and especially to those who are graduating, but for all of us, that when Jesus calls us, Jesus doesn't call us to follow rules. If you want to live a life of meaning and purpose, if you want to follow after Jesus to be like Christ in your life, don't spend your life worrying about rules. Don't spend your life trying to be in your right mind. If you want to make God happy, get out of your mind every now and then. Buck the system. Go against the status quo. If a rule gets in the way of your calling, that rule is a rule that should be broken. If a rule gets in the way of showing God's love to someone, that rule needs breaking. Because in Jesus' house, quite literally, all are welcome in that house. And Jesus means it. Any rule that would keep someone away from God, that rule should be broken. And anyone who would stand in the way of a person and their God, well, that person might find themselves outside of God's house, worried about keeping the rules, but missing out on Jesus' jubilee party inside. Because let's be honest, was Jesus really in his right mind or out of his right mind when he showed us love and grace? We've been brought inside the house of God 
we don't belong, but here we are, God's family. And no matter how many rules we may break along the way, we are always welcome here. And so we, may we today, may we every day hear again God's good news that Jesus broke all the rules so that you and I would know that we are loved. And we, as God's church, as Jesus' disciples, are called to go from this place and be out of our own minds as we go and share Christ's love with whomever we meet, no matter what may stand in the way. Amen. And as we come to Christ's table, let us sing number 609, Take My Life. We'll sing verses 1 through 4, and then end with verse 6.